Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. It's me, Doug. If you'd like to check out our podcast episodes live, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lowercase c slash mindgappodcast for the live stream there. We'd love to interact with you during the show. While you're there, it would mean the world to us if you'd hit the like and subscribe button. This little act helps us grow and we'd appreciate your contribution. If you're still in the giving mood, head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give it a rating and a review. If you like a particular episode, video, or a bit, share it around with your friends. Who knows? You may help another mind gapper find their way into our loving embrace. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Your subscription will give you access to early content, exclusive videos, special Discord privileges, and more. All right, that's enough for me. On with the show. Mind Gap Podcast. Everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And we're back for another week of glorious conversation. Welcome to the glorious conversation hour and a half. This is the this is your personal hole in the internet. This is a glorious hole. It's a glory hole of the internet. Welcome Mind to Gap your Podcast. personal hole. I'm your host, Doug, and Justin's gonna be your guide. Close your eyes, lean back, sit down, and feel the pressure. <laughs> Oh, someone marked that. Whew, man, Jared says, I like the bits with the farts. Well, you come to the right place. You came to the right podcast. If this is your first time here at Mind Gap Podcast, get ready for some riveting political discussion. Russia invades Ukraine. Maybe we'll find out more after these messages. I jumped the gun on that one. I it's okay. You were trying to feel it. And, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out when it was happening. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I was really tired today really 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 tired and then uh about an hour ago i started running around the house from my dog and it got my blood flowing which was great because my dog really hates it in my house there's like just this little circle of space that goes from the kitchen to the foyer to the living room to the dining room back to the kitchen and what i like to do is like throw a toy and then start running the opposite direction and loki tries to chase me and at first it's fun but when she she drops the toy and then she gets really mad if she can't catch me and she starts like yipping and howling and i know that if i stop she's gonna go and she's gonna try to maul me so it turns into this real thing of like how can i find a way to get away or at least grab a toy to shove in her mouth as soon as she jumps up so then we start playing tug of war or i try to hide under the blanket on the couch which it just aggravates her more because she knows i'm under there unless i can pull it off perfectly and i get under there before she finds me and she starts like rounds the corner then she starts looking, but then she knows where I am and she gets really mad that I'm hiding from her and then it just turns into more fun. So I was doing that, got my heart rate up, which was really good. And so I, I, I feel much more awake now. So, you know, yeah. My uh, Abby does not like uh, we found in the last few years. Actually, I think it was over the pandemic that we really discovered this uh, when we had nothing to do but but create games inside. Yeah. Uh, she does not like something about the sheets. Like if you... If I move my hand under the sheets and just start doing this under there, she 
like she doesn't know what to do with it and she'll start clawing at it <laughs> if she's got a toy she she punishes the toy mm-hmm. like it she just whips it around and starts growling does not like things moving under the sheet and so now what we'll do is uh if we can get the toy away from her we'll real quick pull the sheet up and put it under and she like oh. you think she's digging for a rabbit that just went under a into a burrow like she tries so hard to get under the sheet that's the it's, best it's the most entertaining and the easiest way to wear her out which is fantastic well that's the thing is it's hard. really fucking cold outside right now so yeah. like i haven't been taking her on walks because i did that a couple right. of times it was really cold and she like stopped halfway through and was like my paws it's are really paws, cold yeah. i'm like oh shit i'm sorry you're like ah yeah. i'm like all right let's get you home so i don't really want to do that and yeah. you know we don't really want to go outside so she's kind of stuck inside so we do our best i'm like all right let's run around the house for a little bit so um i just do my best to run and and natalie loves it too natalie's like can we run it's usually after dinner i'm like i don't know if i'm in the mood to run right now but yeah uh tonight i was like i need to get some more steps in so let's do this. And my heart rate was jacked because there was the fear of this dog. This dog's going, as she's coming around the corner. I'm like, oh my God, got to go faster. Got to go faster. Got to go faster. And then, uh, you know, I'm just knowing that I have to stop at some point. Right. Uh, I'm running out of breath and she's going to be really mad. So it just gets the heart rate jacked. So it's, you yeah. know, it's really good. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. So that's that's got me jacked up. I'm ready to go right now. I'm feeling good. good. I've got I've got the blood flowing. I'm trying to take a a page out of uh, Brian from the Home Team's book of you know trying to run before you perform. Okay. You know, before you. I like that to get you really like get that oxygen flowing. Yes. Get, that headspace. get the get the breath control. You know, right. the breath support from your before, abdomen. So before we started, what I did to prep for the show is I sat on the couch with a cup of coffee and an Andy's mint. And I watched half an episode of Sex in the City. So that's where I'm at. Wow. Most of that was depressing, except for the Andy's Mint. So. Oh, man, it was so great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, Andy's I Mints only, are the best, man. I only have one room in my house, though. So I, don't, I can't really run circles around anything. No, that's fair. Yeah, I had a, I had a just, I don't know, man. I woke up today and I was just so goddamn tired. I slept really well. I went to bed at a decent time. But for whatever yep. reason, I was just dragging ass. All day today. It happens, man. And I'm like, workout this morning. Was that maybe why? Uh, I mean, I walked in the treadmill. My back's been bothering me, so I'm kind of been pulling back a little bit on the stuff that I'm doing. So I did a walk, and I haven't been as active, but I mean, that did help. I hate walking on the treadmill, but I tell you that consistent thing on the treadmill period is the worst. That consistent speed will get a sweat going, which I appreciate. It's like I was really just like I get more sweat doing that than I typically do walking because it's like you're walking the speed. And you better keep up. So, I, but at the honestly, same time, like I just I watch a movie. That's the only thing that keeps me going. I'm like, what can I throw on the iPad that I can watch? Right. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Does this movie hold up? Kinda. <laughs> Is that the uh, that's the one with Kevin Costner? Yeah, I used to love that movie when I yeah. was young. I, I, I have fond memories of it. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty yeah. good. I'm like, it's okay. That's all right. That it hasn't aged super well. But shit out of me when I was younger, though. What's that? That witch scared the shit out of me when I was younger. Yeah, it's no joke. Yeah, it's um, I struggle with a lot of Kevin Costner's line delivery in it because I'm like, I'm like, I know you're a better actor than this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. just, he's just like, I swear, my father, I will avenge you. I will do it. I'm just, I don't know. It feels like he's, I don't know, deciding whether or not he wants to be British, even though he's not. 
I don't know. That bothered a lot of people that movie because there are a lot of British actors, and he's like, "I'm Robin of Loxley," and they're like, "I'm the Sheriff of Nottingham." You know, it is a British character for sure, and it's played yeah. by someone who could not be more Midwest. I don't know where he was born, but he oozes Midwest. And it's also just like I, I, I can let that stuff go. It, it can bring you out sometimes, like um, watching uh, the Last Duel. This is about everything that's happening in France. And yet, sorry, he was born in Linwood, California. Does not track. Yeah, it'd be funny anyway. if he's like, "Yeah, I'm Robin of Loxley." Yeah, <laughs> it's a piano. Made Marion. Oh, <laughs> come on, bro. Step off my lady here. Step and off my chick. Bow and arrow. Whoa, we're in the Crusades. King King Richard is the tits. <laughs> I steal from the rich. And give to the less rich. <laughs> There's got to be a better word for it, though. Right? Redistribution of wealth, bro. <laughs> Robin Hood, the original socialist. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new version of Robin Hood. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I give, I rob from the rich and give to the poor. Bernie Sanders just shows up with a bow and arrow in the next one. I love it. Yeah. Blackway 54, your dad. That's what I have to say to you, sir. Welcome. That's all that is. Glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been, that's what I do to get through walking on the treadmill. But also, I think it's funny how people are just yeah, all up and I, I don't, like I said, I don't have a huge problem with people, like, like I said, like the last duel, it's a bunch of English people who are playing these French people. But what I get pulled out of is when they, re, when they say French words, which you, right? You're not going to say, Hey, Versailles, you know, you're not, you're going to say it, but it's, it's at the same time, like you're English people doing right. the very good pronunciation of a French word, like saying each other's names, like Carouge, Le Gris. It's like, but then they're like, yeah, they're sacking. Uh, we're going on a campaign to get money because I'm broke, you know, and they're like, <laughs> Matt Damon just goes, we're going on a campaign. Because I'm broke. We're going to go to Versailles. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to grab some monies and we're going to bring it back after we get a croissant. Yeah, it's, it's just, that's kind of how it is. Right. So I'm like, it's a little grating at times. But I also understand, too, the same thing. Like, Kevin Costner was the shit in the 90s. So it's like, who yeah. who else is going to put asses in the seats than him? It's like, yeah. But at the same time, I have to say, as a guy who's who is a master of accents, I feel like English accent is the <laughs> easiest one to do. You know, do, it's the easiest one to just throw out there. Yeah. It's it's not super easy to do well. I, like, I I thought that I did a pretty good English accent. I fuck around in the podcast. I've been called out before. Like, that's your English accent. When I really sit down and try, I feel like I do a good one. I have been called out one on one with a Brit and they're like, it's not very convincing. So, like, it's really <laughs> it's a tough accent to do well. I mean, agree. Like, I think any accent you can. You can try and maybe hang on to it, maybe not. But I feel like that would, at least with that, it's your native tongue. It's just, uh, you know, well, to be fair, it's like, it's like trying to do Boston, right? Or trying to do something authentic. Yeah, obviously that's, that's a, that's a terrible argument. I take that back. But I just feel like of all of them to try and do well, I mean, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of accent work, you know, beforehand. I I fully agree with that. Like, any good actor, This is I will I will 100 percent back you on this. Any actor who's working in a professional capacity should have a solid English accent in their arsenal. Yeah. 
There's no reason not to. Like, yeah. if that's your job, get a good English accent. Because what I love is when I watch the opposite happen when a great British actor does a killer, Eng- like American accent, like just when it Dude. it blows my mind. So many times, like I've seen it happen in award shows, where these these folks will will come up and like. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, I, I, I'm so humbled to be here to accept this award. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, you're British? You're British? What? <laughs> like Idris Elba in The Wire? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. some shit like they're like, wait, what? I, I listened to him talk about the story on Hot Ones of how he was um, uh, auditioning for his role. I haven't seen The Wire, by the way, but yeah. just full disclosure. But he was auditioning for the role and his agent was like, do not tell them that you're British. You need to go in there with the Baltimore accent. Ooh, interesting. I like that. So he goes in and is like just totally like killing it, everything like that. And and the casting folks are like, so where are you from? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm from from Baltimore or whatever and whatever. And he goes through three, four, and he felt really shitty lying. He's like, I don't feel right doing this, but his agent's like, do not tell them Oh, wow. You're English or you're, they're not going to accept you. So like on the fourth or fifth one, there's a comp- there's like a, like one of the big producers sits down and goes, so where are you really from? <laughs> he goes, he finally breaks down. He's like, all right, mate, listen. And he's just like, he does it. And there was like a camera guy who goes, I fucking knew it because he knew the accent. He could hear just there was like little bits where he's like, yeah. he goes, He's not. He's fucking English. I guarantee you. And he was like, listen, my agent told me to do this. I didn't want to lie to you, but they said, don't tell you like, and they, I think they were more impressed. They're like, dude, you fucking nailed it. Like talk about committing to the character though. Like if you even go into the auditions going, I'm from Baltimore. Yeah. Like, okay. Like you're, this guy really is diving into as a producer, I would look at that and go, this person is capable of committing to who this character is. Right. They're willing to go through the audition as the character. That's commitment. Under this pressure. Is- yeah. yeah. <laughs> no shit. Lying to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't condone the lying part, but I also understand that if if that's like on your resume, then I'd be like, oh, he's English. Get him the fuck out of here. We're not even going to hear him. Right. Like, right. we're not even going to listen to him. So if it's like, listen. <laughs> Just fucking bullshit your way in there. Do your thing and you'll be good to go. And everyone's, it'll be great. Everyone's going to be happy. You know, what I think is interesting is that I, and I have no empirical data to back this up, but I believe that the American accent is easier to do than a convincing British accent. I feel like a British actor can pop on an American or I feel like I've heard it more times where a British actor has been able to pop into an American accent uh, more convincingly than someone from the States can pop into a British accent. I remember watching years ago when all like Daniel Radcliffe and all those Harry Potter kids were like on a, on a show and and they, they had a bit where they're like, we're going to give you words or phrases and you have to say them in American accent. And one of the ones was Olive Garden and listening to them try to say Olive Garden in an American accent was the goddamn best. Just like, could not figure like, out how to make all, that. Olive Garden. You know, they're just. Olive. Uh, Olive Garden. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this place? Like, These are all American places and things. It's authentic Italian food is what it is. <laughs> you when, you're here, when you're there, you're family. All right. <laughs> it's, 
obviously you're not a world traveler it's italian food yeah i i love that shit and just it's it's very interesting it is very fun to hear people just cut into it really well because honestly i feel the opposite in that i don't know it's it's probably difficult but that's it seems like it would be easier because it's how we talk (laughs) yeah yeah you know i just i guess what it comes down to is i always just in everything i have this idea that americans are so much dumber simpler in the sense of like we are simple people like that just there's there's so much history and culture to the rest of the world and then america we've been around for like what like 250 something like that (laughs) 275 yeah you know we've been around for a fucking you know it's a fart in the wind how quickly we've been around yeah and uh there's just feel like everything about us is more simplistic it's a pretty amazing though it's a pretty amazing though like as you go spot on olive garden impression which by the way uh i heard what was i think tom segura on your mom's house he said uh he couldn't finish house of gucci he said the movie was so awful and one of the things that bothered him was how poorly the actors kept their italian accents Look, I heard that Gaga kept hers pretty damn well, uh-huh. but Leto was deplorable. I heard Leto was bad. I heard Al Pacino was bad. Hey, Pac- Pacino can keep a Cuban accent, but can't keep a... <laughs> he fucking spoke Italian in Godfather. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's a right. Come on. That's a right. Come on. And Tom gave a good example. He's like, oh, Italian. It's one of the easiest ones to hang on to. It's like you don't slip out of it. You're in it all the time. It's like, oh, it's like it is. He's like, how do you slip out of that? He's like, what the fuck? It was so bad. Listening to these professional people dive. I have to be honest. Like, I I can't hear that most of the time. Obviously, obviously, I can't hear like that stuff. Sometimes I think I can. Other times I'm like, I don't people like, they slipped in and out of the accent the whole movie. I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean. I don't know if I really heard that. I mean, I don't know. Being a master of accents, you think I'd be able to hear that, but I don't know if I do. <laughs> I don't know if I can. You and I have talked recently about, uh, because of your new love for the stock market, mm. uh, you and I have talked about billions recently. And Damian Lewis's character in that, I love that show, but Damian Lewis's character, I still to this day can't figure out what accent he's going for. In Band of Brothers, nailed yeah i felt nailed an american accent yeah in i don't know what accent he's doing but it is i feel like it's all over the place yeah and the thing is after a while that's just the way this character talks so i i you accept it it. it's like it's like putting on a glove that fits really well i'm like okay i'm into this now Mm -hmm. but man i (laughs) i was when i first the first like three or four episodes i messaged Haig, who got me into the show and i'm like Hey, where's this character supposed to be from? Is it New York? Because it doesn't feel like New York. I don't get it. That's so funny. Black Wave 54 says, we'll not watch Black Widow because of the Russian accents. I just say don't watch Black Widow. I mean. I watch I watch only John Malkovich films for good Russian accents. <laughs> Speaking of which, played a Russian uh, in Billions. He played a Russian person. And How I was just that? like, in my mind, I'm like, who in Hollywood is going, we need someone to play a Russian Get me John Malkovich. Malkovich. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who's making these decisions, but his agent is fantastic. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's where I'm going to leave it right there. I don't know. All right. Cool. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that was fun banter. Uh, let's get some housekeeping done real quick before we continue on with the show. That's what we call. That's what we call buttoning up a segment with. I don't know. That's all I got. All right. So. 
Um, if you like what we're doing here, uh, please check us out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mindgappodcast. Like and subscribe. It means a lot to us. We're on the quest to become monetized, to become YouTube partners, and your likes and subscriptions are so important, and we'd really appreciate that uh, if, if you'd be so kind. Um, on top of that, if you'd also like to support us monetarily, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. We've got one tier, five bucks. If you want to throw some money our way, we'd greatly appreciate it. I want to shout out to people that are supporting us right now. We've got Wolfslore, Richie Armor, Zinni, Slotty Bartfast, and Almighty Crit. Thank you all for supporting us and what we do. It means a lot to us uh, just to help us do the things that we love to do. Because you you enjoy our content. We appreciate your support. Uh, if you'd like to join the Mind Gap family, check out our Discord. Uh, we have a link down in the description right below on YouTube. Uh, check out, uh, come join us. Come, come join the family. Be a part of the wonderful meme crew. Uh, you can meet all the cool people we talk about often, like Noah, like Wolf, like Slotty, like Zenny, like Jared. You can join us for game nights. We had an amazing game night last Saturday. Uh, so much fun. It was so, a lot of fun. I actually ended up coming to that one, guys. You sure did. It was Joined. great. It was so good. Um, so join our Discord server. Keep up with everything's going on. You can uh, ask Practical Doug. Submit your Ask Practical Doug questions there. You can suggest throwdowns, suggest uh, guests, and all sorts of stuff. We'd love, ha- love to have you there. Uh, also, check out our merch on redbubble.com. If you're interested in picking up some stuff that'll you know make your body look great and show off that mind gap stuff, we'd appreciate it. And last but not least, we live stream every Tuesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Central on YouTube.com slash Podcast. Tuesdays is when we record the podcast live, and you guys can hang with us while we do that. Saturdays is when I host a video game stream, and it is a lot of fun. Like we mentioned, last Saturday we played What the Dub with uh, Steve and Chris from the Reeve Universe slash Stream Universe. Holy shit, was that fun. Um, those two guys ran away. I think it most 50% of the time it was one of them winning. It was so hard to compete against them, man. It was, oh, they were man. on fucking fire. We, my favorite one was Steve in one game had zero points until the last round. And then he just killed it with a joke and won the whole game. It was, yeah, it was which wonderful. we've captured in a few of our shorts. So check out our YouTube channel. Uh, for some of the shorts we've we've captured, Noah had a fantastic joke, uh, which we captured. We had some really good stuff in there. So um, yeah, come hang out with us live. We love it. We'd love to be have you be part of the show. Yeah. And that was housekeeping. And now let's get on with the show. So uh, we have actually we we had a couple of things we're going to talk about. This one came in last minute from the mighty slutty Bartfast. Um, let's fly on over to China. Let's head over to China. China. That's the China theme song. That's their national anthem. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yes. So uh, there's this amazing headline that says, China gives Fight Club new ending where the authorities win. So apparently Fight Club just launched in China, (laughs) the 1999 film. Spoilers abound. Um, yeah, so, uh, apparently China, which has some of the world's most restrictive censorship rules, um, they, apparently they only approve a handful of foreign films for release each year and sometimes with major cuts to them. So the, uh, 1999 classic fight club, 
has made it. And then film fans in China noticed over the weekend that a version of the movie newly available on their streaming platform, Tencent Video, was given... Uh, <laughs> so, if you haven't seen Fight Club, it ends... Spoiler In a alert. particular way. Um, we're going to go ahead and just say it, because at this yeah. this is like Sixth Sense. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen it, you're about to get it. We're over 20 years since this has been released, so here you go. In the closing of the original, Norton's character, the narrator, kills off his imaginary alter ego, Tyler Durden, (gasps) and then watches multiple buildings explode, suggesting his character's plan to bring down modern civilization is underway. The Chinese version... In that, the narrator still proceeds with killing off Durden, but the exploding building scene is replaced with a black screen and a coda that reads, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. It then adds that Tyler, a figment of the narrator's imagination, was sent to... Who was already killed. Yes. Was sent to a lunatic asylum for psychological treatment and was later discharged. So, so really, uh, <laughs> I mean, really retconning what happened here in Fight Club. China. Yeah. China. <laughs> Black Wave goes, who are you going to call? The CCP. <laughs> <laughs> I I just look at this as why bother even releasing this film? I mean, this is such an, I mean, I I think this movie gets, uh, is misunderstood, especially nowadays. If you say one of your favorite movies is Fight Club, people look at you like, oh, this is a red flag. I'm like, no, it's it's a good movie. (laughs) Do do they look at you like it's a red flag because they're like, oh shit, you're unstable? Or do they look at you as a red flag as like, oh, you're basic? I think my... Some of the takes I've gotten from it, because I think I saw this trending a while back on Twitter where it's like, you know, oh, what are some of your red flags? Like if someone says they like Fight Club, because I think on the surface, it's about a bunch of dudes dealing with their masculinity, right? They're fighting in fight clubs because they don't have purpose. They don't feel like they have any value. And but there's so much more to it than that, you know, and and I think there's so many more layers that it's it's. I find it to be a fascinating and fun film. I, I love it so much. But yeah, there are some anar- anarchist... Anar- there are some there are themes that deal with anarchy. There we go. I got around to it. Um, it. And it's okay. My favorite movie is oddly controversial. People who love it or fucking hate it. Well, what... Is it... Is it this movie? What <laughs> yeah, is it? What is it? Um, I, is why, it why, why would Why would China even release this why would they even allow it like it That's seems the thing, man like i the and it's been out for long enough now uh enough people have probably pirated it in the country because again it's been out for long enough and if you're a film fan you've undoubtedly caught wind that this is a this is a this is a big film in the world of film right so yeah. people have probably seen it like i feel like You've got to, as China, you've got to assume that people are going to know that you've altered it. So, again, you know the backlash that's going to come from this. Why even court that, you know, why even court that backlash? I don't understand that. 
Well, it's funny too because it it's not clear if the government censors ordered the alternative ending or if the original movie's producers made the changes. Like, I don't. I would hope the original movie's producers at this point wouldn't be like, yeah. "Yeah, we'll just edit it." Like, what? Movie's twenty-two years old, twenty-three years old at this point. Like, why? Why bother? I. Yeah, I can't. I I have to assume it was the Chinese Chinese government that did that. Or I would be really disappointed I if producers. I I would understand if this was a new release, and yes, because absolutely. China has done that. Like the yes. famously, uh, among many things, the movie Looper, one of my favorite movies. The original plot. If you haven't seen that, it's it's time travel. But there's a part where the character played by Joseph Gordon Lovett talks about how he's learning French. Because he wants to go to France. In the original story, the character does go to Paris. But because of the Chinese backing, the character ends up going to China. Which is such a small thing, right? But it changes. It cha- they made that change because they got that funding. Same thing in Iron Man 3. There's a cut of the movie that played in China that has an extended like character that barely shows up on the American version. But... China because of their backing was like we want more of this sort of stuff like I don't like that but I get it like I understand it like hey man they're funding it they're going to pull some strings they want to they want to provide some influence and some pressure for that stuff I get it this movie's 23 years old like what you're like we desperately need that Chinese market for this it's like who fucking cares just don't show it you know right exactly just yeah I don't know man I this is just it's it's weird I don't understand the I guess I just don't understand communism, and if that's the case, yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I, I just I under I mm-hmm. underestimate. Uh, I do give America a lot of shit, and I underestimate, I guess, what it means uh, to be in a, a you know a democratic republic. Um, I. I guess uh, I guess it's good because we get the original ending of Fight Club. I I mean I just, again I look it's, at it as sense that uh, the censorship doesn't make sense to me. I guess well, I've never understood it. I've said it before is like I I hate I loathe censorship. I can't stand it. I think it's really dumb and I think it treats uh, the audience like they're stupid, like they can't handle what's right. here. And to be fair, there's a lot of stupid people out there, but. The idea that it's like you have to tuck something away or alter it, you know. I understand for, you know, your network television when I used to watch, or you still watch on TBS, you know, the movies. They're edited for TV and they would, you know, add, you know, different words in for swears or cut out certain things or whatever. I I get that, right, for whatever reason. I still think it's dumb. But, you know, I, I just, I don't understand in this situation, China is notoriously one of the most, like, censor heavy countries out there so i would just assume that this one just wouldn't even make it onto the list to be shown it's just no find something else like (laughs) i can't imagine why they would want to even remotely do it and to do it in a way which people are it's gonna totally not make sense right like what a way to end the film like you've got all this beautiful imagery then it's just a cut to black and then the police figured out everything and everyone was arrested. Right. It's just, <laughs> okay. It's such a weird, it is, it's such a weird, abrupt, like, it's, it's such a weird, abrupt ending. It's very, uh, it doesn't line up with anything that you had been seeing up uh, up to that point. Yeah. And then, yeah, then the police rush in and figure it out immediately because they're good. Yeah. It's like, yeah. cool. What a horrible experience as a viewer. 
propaganda. <laughs> very weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, that would be. Very, uh, very that would be weird. I don't get it. That would be weird if 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 I knew, especially that I was given. Yeah. Like a film that was edited by the government, <laughs> and I was watching it, I'd be like, "Dude, this sucks. <laughs> this yeah. sucks." Well, I think at the end of the day, where I, I, I come back to now is the same as you. Is like, why even show? There's so many. There's thousands of other movies you could have chosen from. Why? Why choose this one when you have to alter the story so much? If you're uncomfortable with it, just just don't don't put it out. There. I mean, it's probably a pretty easy editing job, right? Just snip that last part out, throw in a black screen, put the text on. I mean, that's pretty easy. As a filmmaker, Doug, I'm going to tell you exactly how easy it is, okay? I'm going to reflect here a little bit. As a guy who makes e-learning videos for a living, it's a pretty easy fix, all right? You just get the master file, you just snip, remove. Look, you don't even need the master file. You just need a copy. Let me tell you something. Just get a high-res copy of it. This is NTFs, man. It's really fucking easy, you know? Really easy. I mean, aside from... Aside from doing the 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 subtitles, Noah goes as a VFX artist. It's pretty easy. <laughs> Please, everyone in the chat, weigh in now. As your expertise, how easy is this? How easy just to <laughs> snip that last part and put in the 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 ending? Uh, pretty simple, I'd say. Yeah, uh, we can do it in post. Don't worry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we literally did it in post, yeah. so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, so good job, China. Uh, speaking of movies. Um, Uni choosing a font is the hardest part. You're right. It absolutely is. 100%. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, speaking of movies, Universal Pictures. Robert Ballmeyer. Whoa, shit. That Robert Ballmeyer. Not often seen. Do we ha- can we get a round of applause for Robert Ballmeyer showing up I in the chat tonight? I can, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it sounds like you messed up, farted out of like sheer nervousness, and then finally get the right thing, you know? <laughs> Robert Ballmeyer, you beautiful human. Thanks for coming here, man. A, uh, I was a row above where all my farts live. So. <laughs> that, out of context, is just the best. <laughs> a row above where all my farts live. Uh, speaking of movies, Universal Pictures is being sued by fans of actress Ana de Armas over her absence in the movie Yesterday. Now, I'm aware... Another, another very timely... <laughs> Movie story, right? Um, I uh, I am a record scratch plus fart is better than a plus. All right, every time. I'm if I'm familiar with this movie, I know it exists. Uh, I had no interest in watching it because I'm not a Beatles fan. So I knew you were, and you told me you were excited to watch it. Absolutely. If yeah. this had been like a movie about mm-hmm. Blink One Eighty Two, like <laughs> with when with that, I totally would have watched it. So, oh man, you could. Here's the thing. You could very easily swap out, right. uh, pick a band, swap it out, and you'll have that band's fans right there. The conceit of this movie is that a man who's an up-and-coming musician, just you know, is playing to basically no one, uh, all the power goes out in the world, he gets hit by a bus, when he wakes up, no one knows who the Beatles are. So he plays a song randomly to his friends, be like, that's a beautiful song, when did you write it? He's like, I didn't write it, the Beatles did, they're like, Who? He's like, oh, shit. And the idea is that he's then going to take. Cut to Google search frantically. Yeah. You know, he's like, they Beatles, don't exist. He shows the bugs. John Paul George, uh, the Pope shows up. Yeah. And he's like, no way. Yeah. So he then and, then. and then you see. Yeah. 
anyway. Um, so that then was he a clip from the movie, if anyone was wondering. That is true. That's one of the Beatles' best songs. I think it's from Absolutely. Hey Jude. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just <laughs> today. All my troubles seem so away. <laughs> Um, so then he takes his knowledge of, of the music of the Beatles and performs the songs. Everyone's like, you're a musical genius. And it goes on from there. Um, I, again, hadn't seen the film, but I watched the trailer, which was Jesus Christ, three minutes long. Man, that was too long of a trailer. I liked the movie and I, I chastised the trailer. So um, apparently two fans told uh, Connor Wolf and Peter Rosa told the BBC that they paid $3.99 American to watch yesterday on Amazon Prime, but the actress had been removed from the final cut. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. I know nothing about this movie. Let me go watch the trailer real quick. And uh, this woman is barely in the trailer. Like, yeah, I don't know, a total of two to three seconds. Tops. At first, I thought it was like the, the female co-star i'm like oh wow man if she's not in it that's that's fucked up i'm like wait no that's not her and then they finally show her i'm like uh, oh and so um apparently the fans uh were are suing universal for deceptive marketing after the actress was featured in the trailer but edited out of the movie then the two fans of cuban spanish uh two fans of the actress have claimed five million dollars as compensation on behalf of all affected viewers um, they told the BBC that they paid $3.99 to watch yesterday on Amazon Prime, but the actress had been removed. Um, they said, uh, there's a part in here that I really loved. Yeah, they claimed Universal used the actress's fame, radiance, and brilliance to popularize the film in which she was not there and said they were victims of deceptive marketing. Um, which I love because Noah is already... Posted in chat something that Justin and I talked about pre-roll, um, in his co- which we will get to momentarily. Yep. Um, but I guess they edited out the the scenes featuring Deonis because the audience did not find that aspect of the storyline as appealing, so they just like cut the whole storyline altogether. But I find this incredibly, incredibly absurd that someone. It was like the the woman years ago who sued uh, the the movie Drive with um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling because they're like, I thought this was gonna be like Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, it's nothing like Fast and the no. Furious. No, like the trailer made it seem like there's gonna be lots of driving, and there were there wasn't. And I was like, okay, there was a decent amount of driving. There were some. You also get CTC somewhat huds. Wow. I don't know what happened to my mouth there, but it just stopped working. I don't know, but I like what's happening. Do it slower. In, in the elevator. Right. Yeah. You know, you yeah. get a whole smattering of things. It's a smorgasbord of visuals. Which is, you know, also something we talked about recently. How about trailers are actually hiding right. what's really happening, which is also the point. And I look at this as just, I've never, I mean, imagine being so upset. Are these people related? To this actress? I, you would think, uh, yeah, my uh, my cousin was supposed to be in this, but she's not. Where is she? Mad. I mean, I, I, the same thing can be said for uh, uh, comedian Andrew Santino was in the movie about the room with with uh, oh, yeah. James Franco and stuff like that. Like yeah. he was in the movie. Yes, and he's literally in the movie, but they cut all of his lines. So like he says nothing. 
you in the film. See him. You see yeah. him, he'll pop up, they cut all of his lines. And he like, was, as a performer, was super frustrated because he's like, oh, this is going to be great. And then everything cut. That is, yeah. unfortunately, how that goes. <laughs> it's the name of the business. Like, right? like, the thing is, the filmmakers owe you nothing. Yeah. Whether that's good or whether that's bad. They have ultimate control, them and or the studio, depending on the deal they've struck. Mm -hmm. They have ultimate control. Yeah. They owe you no if your expectations mean dick. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And to Noah's point, as he brought up in the chat, uh, you know, are they going to sue Marvel? Marvel has digitally altered their footage to add or remove characters or elements of the story that either is or is not in the actual film to protect secrets of the film. Now, why have they not gotten sued? They are actively using deceptive tactics to make right. sure that people don't know what's going on in the film. Right. As Noah this points will... out, that sequence of Hulk being in Wakanda at the end of Infinity War, that totally didn't happen. They made that up so that it would, you know, <laughs> fool people. Yeah. I I think that was uh it it's um I mean, I think what a lot of people don't understand is the timeline behind things. Like when a trailer gets cut, sometimes trailers will get cut a year ahead of time. And a lot of fucking editing can happen after that. They will show it to test audiences. They'll do focus groups. Yeah. They'll show it. They'll they'll go back and forth and over and over. Reshoots. With edits. You know? Reshoots. Exactly. So you can't like a trailer just lets you know, hey, this movie's coming out. And here's the loosely. Here's the storyline. That is the purpose of a trailer. The filmmakers can change a whole bunch of shit from from the moment you see that first trailer to the moment that movie comes out. They can change a whole bunch. And that is their prerogative. Yeah. You're going to see it. And at the same time, like Rob said in the chat, what a whole what a horrible way to waste your time and money. What, a, yeah. what is this really all you have to worry about? Well, I also want to I also kind of want to just take a moment too that these apparent super fans of, you know, Ana de Armas. I didn't hear a peep out of them when the movie was released in theaters. Mm -hmm. These fuckers waited until it was out on Amazon Prime to pay That's a paltry $4. I'm sorry, $3.99 to rent. Not even to own. <laughs> it's not even point. to own. And then they're going to complain about it? Uh-huh. Get the fuck out of here. Uh -huh. Get the fuck out of here, Connor Wolf and Peter Rosa. Eat shit. Honestly, it just what it is is it reeks of it just it reeks of publicity. And the other thing that I don't like is it sets a precedent for we've seen we saw it with Sonic. And in that look, that's one instance, one rare instance where it benefited all of us. Yeah. Because while I didn't see the movie, the trailer and the artwork was that it was nightmare fuel. And I'm yeah. very glad that they redesigned that character after audiences banded together. But it also opened a Pandora's box because now it, all bets are off. Like, wh who's this? You know, you can sue uh, movie companies because the trailer misled you or I felt one way or the other. Or there wasn't an appropriate amount of driving in a film. <laughs> well, I don't think, though. I mean, I, I should look that up at some point and see what, what was resolved. With that it may have been. Hopefully it was thrown out because I look at that as like, listen, man, how are you going to sue people over art? You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. Like people, these fans have a, they have a, an inordinate feeling of ownership over these pieces of, of things that they had nothing to do with. And not only that, it's if, if 
a business is actively decepting, being deceptive, it's only going to blow up in their face. There was a movie that came out, I don't remember the name of it, but it was marketed as like a rom-com. But it totally wasn't. It was like oh, a The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yes, it was like check it out. This right. family, they're going on, you know, yeah. it's it's troubled, you know, divorce is on the horizon, the kids sure. They're not doing well in school. They're getting into drugs. They're like, we're going to head out in our Winnebago. We're going to the desert. We're going to reconnect with nature and we're going to be together. It's like, I, it was like. I thought it was weird when they used Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hill in that. Too. Right. Like, I was like, oh, Ron, I get I get this now. Yeah. It's, you know, and they're like, we're coming out here because you know what? We can't see what's really important. And you know what can see these hills? Because hills. you know what? They have eyes <laughs> and they see us for what we really are. In theaters, February 14th, The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> well played on the date. Well played on the release date. Well, there was this movie came out and it was around like something like Valentine's Day or whatever. And it was pitched as like, oh, check it out. This is going to be a good chick flick. Bring your husband. But it turned out it was the opposite. It was like a gross out comedy for the dudes. Oh, really? And it was like people were like, what the fuck is this movie? You don't want to dupe people. Like you don't yeah. want to do that. Like that's not the point. Any business... That actively tries to deceive people may get short-term gain, but ultimately they will fail because then people will not trust you. They will not trust your brand. So it's not in their best interest to do that. If they pull it off, it's a one. It's a. It's they're lucky, and maybe they get away with it. But good luck having anyone trust them again, right? If right. Universal Pictures was known for constantly mismarketing their stuff, they right. wouldn't get funding from people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So I, I look at this as like, all right, if you guys want to waste your time, I think it is a giant waste of time and resources. Go ahead. I'm pretty sure uh, Universal is going to be fine on this one. I don't anticipate them. Uh, They're going to do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they. Hold on. It, I just need to even see. Uh, I just got to see where where this film landed as far as. Uh, numbers go so the budget was 26 to 41 million dollars box office 153.2 so let's say on the high end it was 40 million dollars they made 153 they made 111 million dollars over what their highest projected box office number was they're doing just fine no and, problem here. and these guys are like we want five million dollars it's like right eat shit how you about i'll do yeah how about we give you five since you paid 3.99 We'll give you an extra dollar and one cent. We'll re we'll refund you. Right. And here's a five dollar credit to order on Amazon Prime. You piece of shit. Oh, you know what they should have done? I if I was Universal, I would respond to this, and I would have been, "Can we settle for a refund of your of your rental price, and we will gift you a digital copy of the film?" There you go. There you go. You know what? And we'll throw in Rampage at no extra charge. <laughs> you know. We got a guy who's got a copy he doesn't want. You know what? Transfer it over. People who, like yesterday, also buy Rampage based on the Amazon Prime numbers. So here's Rampage for you. <laughs> Sir, did you make oh. that up? No, it's right here on this chart. Give them Rampage. They don't want Give it. Give it to them. Rampage. Send it to them. Make them get it. Give it to their account. Like YouTube just gave you their album on Apple. Just give them Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get rid of these copies. Sir, it's digital. What do you mean copies? Give them the copies. Give them the copies. I don't know. NFT. <laughs> That's not how that works, sir. That's not how that works. Our digital warehouse is ready. We, we got to clear space. 
What are you talking We're about? Have a digital fire sale. It's it's against digital fire code to have all that stuff in the digital warehouse. Digital digital OSHA is going to be digitally pissed off. And then who's going to pay those digital families when it goes up in flames and people are caught in there because we didn't pay the digital insurance. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the assistant just goes, sir, you need to lie down. Like, okay, boomer. All right. Kevin, get out. <laughs> Not again. Never again. Get, get me Jeff Bezos on the line. <laughs> Tint goes, man, this is getting me worked up about digital pre-orders again. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, I gotta tell you, man. I uh, one of my biggest regrets is the fact that you and I have never got to sit down and watch Rampage before before Beth and I are moving away. Like, I I feel like one of two things needs to happen. Either one, I need to come back for a weekend. <laughs> we need to have a Rampage weekend. I'll crash on your couch, and we need to make that happen. Or two, I feel like, and I could be wrong on this. I think Apple has something where you can do like a watch party. We yes. need to figure that out. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Slotty goes, trillions of digital copies of Rampage are buried in the desert next to the NES version of E.T. <laughs> 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 oh, yes. my God. No, we yeah. should absolutely call it the Rampage weekend. You come visit. I'll smoke some meat. We'll, create cool. a, we'll make a feast. And uh, we'll sit down. We'll watch the movie. And we'll we'll make some content out of it. That'd be great. Yeah, we can do. It. Doug watches awkward videos. As Doug watches it Rampage, two hour. You know what I'm really afraid of? I'm afraid I'm actually going to enjoy the movie. Here's After the all the shit I've talked about, I'm afraid I'm really going to enjoy it. I almost guarantee you. I've not seen it, but I feel like we are building to that inevitable outcome. Yes, yeah. and I'll also be honest with you. As I was lately, I've just been wanting to watch older movies that I have. And yeah. I scrolled past it the other day. I'm like, is today the day? <laughs> no, today's not the day. And I kept going. Today's I'm like, day, no, yeah. but I thought about it. Like, whenever I see it, I always think about it for at least a second. Like, do I? Nah, I'm good. And I keep on going. But yeah. I'm warming up to it. I'll I'm, say this I'm, much. Hey, if you're listening, it's been a while, but I'm yeah. slowly warming up to turning on and pressing play on Rampage. I just want you yeah. to know that. So I feel like Hag has some sort of code baked in that when you push play, it's either going to be just a two-hour shot of Hegg's gaping asshole. Oh, or, man. Or it's or he's going to get notified, and then he will start sending you $1 increments on Apple Pay. Boy, I hope it's his gaping asshole, because then I'm going to hit record, and boy, we're going to have ourselves a whole new experience. It's like we look at watch me watch Hegg's gaping asshole. we got to put some sort of music behind it where it's just... Uh... <laughs> Let it be trapped. Some sort of, Traps headstrong. Like a... <laughs> Because I just gave an intense look as I stared at his I gaping asshole. I have that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Or, or actually, <laughs> down with the sickness, because I feel like that would be, yeah. Or as it cuts to me starting, it cuts to me, you know, it, it says uh, three hours later, it's been, and as it cuts. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Get over here! <laughs> Slotty has a good thing. We watch Rampage, and then we have you watch anime. That would be really good. I mean, look, if I come back and we're going to do a weekend of that, we've got to make the most out of it. So right. Like, yes. I mean, we that that has to be the thing. We're not just going to watch Rampage and go, well, did it. All right. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob's right. Do host. It's got to be do host while we're watching oh, it. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold on. 
Don't <laughs> watching me with a good time. Hags gaping asshole. Welcome to Hags gaping asshole. <laughs> Next topic. All right. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, another and other real big groundbreaking news. Uh, you must build a fort, set up camera on tripod, and do it all live over the course of forty-eight hours, no breaks. Oh God. Dude, a fucking uh, a, a live stream, a, a live stream from a pillow fort while oh. we're in a hot tub. Now we're talking. I'm just saying. Now we're talking. Now we're getting it. And we'll also just stream us watching Avatar: The Last Airbender while we're doing it too, and that Absolutely. should be good, right? And we'll make ASMR videos. We'll just. Yep. <laughs> That's how you do it, right? <laughs> You're Oof. welcome, America. Woof. Anime, yeah, Rudy, and Rampage. Yes. Yes, yes, oh. yes. You guys are full of great ideas. And then and then a lot of stuff. Seriously, I will rip Rudy a new asshole. Like I will. After rewatching that recently. Hague's asshole. Yes. Yeah. We will be rooting for Hague's asshole, but I'll be ripping Rudy a new ass a new ass one. Because after recently rewatching it, I'm like, that's a horror film, is what that Why is. Why did you recently rewatch it? Because I was like, I haven't seen this in a while. Let's just oh, refresh my did memory. You think it was going to be better, or did you just need to refuel? Sometimes you got to go back and revisit this stuff, right? Like watching that's Willow. I haven't seen Willow in well over a decade. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a kid's movie? Holy shit. <laughs> I used to watch this all the time. Are you excited for the series? No. no okay. <laughs> Not there. at all. There. <laughs> Oh, all right. So M&M's made a big deal this week uh, or recently. I don't know if it was this week, last week, whenever, because uh, <laughs> Sorry, Noah, Noah's doing the uh, the grandparent thing where he types something is like, wait, no, I'm dumb. Google how to delete YouTube chat. Google, Google this. <laughs> Google how Google I want how. you guys to watch the 1994 Canadian sci-fi cartoon reboot. I'd pay to make that happen. All right. Well, how much did you pay? Yeah. Tell us on our Patreon. Tell us give with us, your Patreon contributions. Give us a number and we'll talk. <laughs> so M&M's uh, have decided to do a makeover on their anthropomorphized chocolate characters. Um, yeah. M&M's. I see what you did there. So uh, if you're not familiar uh, with M&M's, they're uh, chocolate candy coated in different colors. And allegedly they melt in your mouth, not in your hands. That fact is still being disputed to this day more like m&m's uh Garland said why do they call them m&m's because a bag of them is m&m and m&m and m&m and m&m and m&m and m&m and m&m oh george carlin you're better than that it's the guy who did the the seven swear words he was probably high that blink 182 turned into a song that was awesome which i loved that used to play after we would win games in football which wasn't that often so it was a really big deal they made a whole song that goes, uh, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat. It's like a 45-second song. They say that over and over and over again until they finally end with, I fucked your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we I won, I would play that followed up by, it would be nice to have a blow job. It would be nice to have a blow job. And then that one also ends with, it would be nice to have a blow job from your mom. So... Got to the point where team in the album. one of the assistant football coaches pulled me aside after when he goes, hey, uh, no more blowjob song, okay? I'm like, okay. 
That seems okay, fair. Okay, cool. I'll do the shit pigs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the I'll do the like, other one. Yeah. Doug doesn't get to control the stereo after uh, after the games <laughs> because Doug is inappropriate. Yes. So uh, there's M&Ms. there's six M and M's. There's orange, brown, red, yellow, green, and blue. And uh, here are some of the big changes that they made. So green, which is one of the two females, has swapped her go-go boots for sneakers. Brown is, is sporting lower, more sensible heels. Red and yellow shoes now have laces, thank God. Orange's shoelaces are no longer untied because that's fucking dangerous. And blue shoes, while little changed, resemble what Anton Vincent, president of Mars, Wrigley, North America, described as a bad version of Uggs. Um, so, I, real quick, is Anton Vincent pro this or against this? Because the way he described those shoes makes it sound like he did not like the redesign. It seems like blue is the kind of guy like that fits his personality. Like yeah. that's, I mean, the way that he's looking, he's yeah, like, he funny. thinks he's really cool, but maybe he's not. I don't really know their personalities that well. You but don't know blue? I don't know blue. Oh, nope. Man. Um, so apparently they're trying to make the characters, particularly the female ones, more current and representative of their consumers. Um, and they've also adjusted the logo. The logo is typically tilted, um, resting outside, and now it's setting up straight. So, uh, and the new orientation is designed to emphasize the ampersand. Why? Because, I don't know, product design? Um, all I know is that um, so a lot of people had had a lot to say about this. There was a big stink about being woke with uh, with this new look. And uh, I, I just, I, here's what I would have said. If they would have done all this and not told anybody, I never would have known. Accurate. I don't pay attention to the mascots of candy companies. Because let's face it, we're eating these. We're eating these characters. Right. Right? Like, there, there are millions of different versions. They're like the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. Like, there are so many versions of these, and we are just consuming them. Like, eating them whole. So, yeah. if anything, that should tell you, you know, happy hunting, guys. murderers. <laughs> happy hunting. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I know there was a, like there was this giant hubbub about it, and like Rob said in the chat here, Tucker Carlson lost his mind because he doesn't want to fuck the brown one anymore because there's you know Tucker Carlson breaking news. Tucker Carlson lost his erection because he can't fuck candy mm-hmm. more at eleven. Right. I don't like if that's the biggest thing that came out of this. Okay, I I understand. I'll say this. With all the rebrands that we have going on right now, like Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's Rice, and like I understand if the intent is to make these, and I think some some release said the intent was to make these more inclusive and less gender specific and things like that. I'm all for that. I'm a hundred percent for that and 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 making them less stereotypical and 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 all of that. Totally fine. I'm confused as to why we're still talking about this two weeks later. Yeah, I just don't understand why this became this big. The Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben thing. I understand why it was a big thing. Yeah. The Washington football team. I understand why that that rebrand was a big thing. M and M's. Not a hundred percent sure why we're getting this much coverage on this. Yeah, this just seems like a little bit of overkill for a rebrand. Companies rebrand like the logo. I don't care. We get companies rebrand logos all the time. No one ever gets this much coverage on it. I just don't understand why this is getting 
this much attention. I also just find it weird. Like, you see the thing. I, I, I'm all for it. Like, I'm not against them doing it. As, as I'm looking at, um, you know, uh, I'll see if I can pull up the browse here so that uh, uh, folks watching can see it. I don't know if you can see this a little bit. Uh, probably not close enough. Maybe I can zoom in a little bit here so everyone can see a little bit more. But you can see, like, on the on the left, you know, you've got the green one that's hand on the head, leaning back, heels up, you know, knee kind of bent like, I'm a lady. Um, and on the right, it, it kind of went from sexy Lola Bunny to, you know, the new Lola Bunny that's, like, hands on the hip, confident, and everything like that. Um, and uh, it's like, sure, um, you know, let's let's make our, our candy less sexy. I guess it's probably a good thing. You know, we're talking about the specifics of the shoes. I'm like, who? Wow. Okay. I know that was, that was probably the biggest takeaways were, were the female characters, which is like, okay, right. that's fine. Um, I, I, for me, I guess it's also like I'm talking about identifying with consumers. These are fucking candy, man. Like yeah. this is candy. Yeah. Like this is candy. Yeah. I know they're anthropomorphized anthro. Yeah. They're like people. Yeah. The people candy. <laughs> the people candy. But this is where corporate America consistently just I, I feel out of touch with yeah. because someone has done some science. They've done some math. There is <laughs> there is someone who has put a chart together that said we will be better off changing our logo from a slant to straight so we can emphasize the and. That we've done focused groups, we've done tests. This has the better outcome. This and plays better. This plays better. And same thing with this. I mean, at the other day, imagine someone painstakingly going through to redesign these to be like, all right, let's make the green one less sexy. Right. That's probably not what it is. It's probably like someone looked at this and be like, hey, this character came out in the nineties and we really leaned into what is what what it means to be a woman candy. Yeah. Which is high Did heels. Come out the nineties because we looked the. I know most of them, or or the characters got introduced in the fifties. I think I the original them. ones were in the fifties. I'm just. I don't know. My guess is like I think I. I'm probably off on it, but I think the specific characters. I feel like the brown ones, the newest one. I and, feel like that is. I feel like you're correct on that because I feel like there was there was red and yellow for a long okay. time, and then the yeah. other ones started getting characters created. And when did they like Marcy Playground? When did they inject sex in candy? Yeah, right. I just and I understand the idea is like we want to try. Welcome, 90s music fans. Yeah, I smell sex in candy. Yeah. Um, I know they're trying to find a connection with people, but I I can't remember the last time I've seen an ad for M and M's, let alone yeah in print. Or otherwise, like I, I, the one of the most ones I remember the most is the the, the Christmas ones with the uh, the red and the yellow one where the you know Santa's there and everything like that. That is it, or some of the ads I would see before movies that were just right. telling people to basically not talk before the movie. Like that's that's it. I, I don't I don't see it enough. So I, again, the intention here I think is good, but at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. Like I don't care. You're not this, the market they're going after, though, Doug. Agreed. Agreed. Because I've lost 60 pounds after I bought a and giant... you didn't do that eating goddamn M&M's. As also the guy who just bought a Costco-sized bin of M&M's uh, to have. 
Um, Why did you do that? Because I make movie theater popcorn for Natalie and Jill on Girls' Night, and I often will sprinkle sprinkle in M and M's on top of the oh, popcorn for a sweet and savory mix. I thought you were going to say that you make the popcorn from the M and M's, and I was very confused. I've tried, you, Justin, and I will figure this out. I will break the code. M and M's, Doug. What's that? Did you buy a big enough container that you could fuck the M and M's? Absolutely. So explain to me a little bit more about your popcorn ritual. So what it boils down to is they may not melt in your hand, but do they melt on your dick? Ooh, baby. So science Doug put on his little science glasses, unscrewed the lid, and just gently lowered his genitalia into the somewhat rigid and scratchy uh, outer ring of the M&M's container. Yeah. (laughs) And thought, you know what these need? A little bit of glaze. (laughs) Oh. Ooh. Ooh. No. Uh. Oh, no. We've gone too far. We've gone. Yeah. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Who wants popcorn? Who wants popcorn? (laughs) Dad's making popcorn. Don't come in the kitchen. Dad's coming in the kitchen. (laughs) Don't come in the kitchen. I am. Um, (laughs) I think uh, Bob also had a good take there. He goes, uh, hot take, give them pants. Gross that they walk around butt naked with shoes. <laughs> They're Donald ducking it everywhere. They're Donald ducking it everywhere, man. No one needs that out of their candy. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, again, great, fine. Let's desexualize our candy. I think that's awesome. The more we can do, all the better. candy should be desexualized. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent on board with that. I think they should give bigger genitalia to the men. Uh, let's just go with it. You know? Yeah. I want to see some bulges on these M and M's, especially the, the peanut M&M guy. He's different than all the other M and M's. The yellow M and M only has one nut, right? Yeah. I mean, what happened? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of stuff in the chat about uh, Hershey's and slavery stuff. I apologize. I'm not up to speed on that, but we'll, we can circle back on that another time. Sure. <laughs> Sounds really <Yeah>. serious. <laughs> um, Speaking of serious, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there's a small Doug that lives inside the larger Doug. That smaller Doug is known as Practical Doug, and it guides most of Bigger Doug's decisions. And a lot of our fans like to ask Practical Doug questions because he's just so goddamn practical. You can ask Practical Doug a question if you join us in our uh, uh, live stream. You can join our Discord. You can at uh, hashtag Ask Practical Doug on any social media, and uh, you know, ask uh, ask Doug what you need. I'm actually going to forego anything that was given in the Discord. I think earlier Slotty asked a really good Ask Practical Doug question, and it was, uh, "What does Practical Doug think of Wolf of Wall Street, Doug?" How, ah. how is Practical Doug handling this new carefree, you know, swinging in the breeze? I'm playing the stock market, Doug. Well, I'm, I'm on my way to owning a boat, Doug. Oh, how dare you? I'm just saying. How you dare roll you? With the crowd. You roll with the crowd. You got to play the game. I will say this much. I um, I was listening to a podcast today, uh, The Honeydew, with uh, Ryan Sickler. Thank you. I was like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nope, that's a that's a that's a quarterback. 
Uh, and uh, Nick Swartzen was on there, and he told a hilarious story about how when the pandemic hit, uh, he was in quarantine in his sister's basement, and he had forgotten that he had booked a trip to Key West. And a few weeks out, Expedia was like, hey, guess what, Nick? Hope your bags are packed because, yeah, he goes, oh, shit, I forgot about this. And he called the resort. He's like, are you guys even open? They're like, yeah, he's cool. So he stopped off in uh, South Carolina to meet a friend and be like, hey, uh, I was thinking about, he's thinking about moving there. He's like, I'll be back in 10 days and we can move on. He goes, and I ended up staying in Key West for a year and a half. And it made me think about, I visited Key West before. I'm like, how amazing would it be to live there? And the first thing that popped in my head is like, I'd probably have to own a boat because it's basically an island. I, like I was like, that would suck. A journey to get there. <laughs> you would probably have to own a boat. Yes. See, that's what it's like with Practical Doug living in my head. You all got a taste of it. Of what, what happened literally yesterday as I was as I was listening to this story. Oh, fuck. But I have been dipping my toes into the stock market. Uh, I've been heavily researching stuff and I'm just dabbling. I've had some wins. I've eaten some shit. So I feel like I've definitely been baptized. Um, I'm more up than I am down, which is great. Um, but definitely, <laughs> I love how there's now, you guys have invented Wolf of Wall Street, Doug, which now that I think about it, that guy does kind of exist. Mm-hmm. Um, Practical Doug and Wolf of Wall Street, Doug, are pretty good partners because mm. Practical Doug mm-hmm. is looking at it from a non-emotional state. Okay. It's what makes the most sense to do. Wolf of Wall Street, Doug, is how can we get the most out of this? And sometimes they're aligned. And sometimes Wolf of Wall Street, Doug, wants more, <laughs> gets a little too excited, starts thinking about the possibilities of, you know what? What if uh, what if we bet more on this? <laughs> Practical Doug's like, you only lose what you put in. And uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Doug's like, yeah, but if you double this, you can get double the returns. Right. And Practical Doug's like, pump the brakes there, buddy, because what if this goes tits up, you know? I'm not gonna lie, man. This sounds like a goddamn nightmare. It can to be, be. In the middle, to be in the in, in a tug of war between these two entities is just it sounds horrible. Here's the thing: I don't. I, I'm not a gambler. I don't enjoy gambling. It's never been fun for me to be like, yeah, bet it all on red. Like I don't necessarily enjoy doing that. But I understand. I've gotten a glimpse into why people do it because um, okay. I've had two very good days of trading in the last like two weeks. Rag. Where I've been like. Whew. And I am not trading large amounts of money. And I've seen amazing returns where I'm like, okay, I see how the rich get richer. It makes sense now as they take their money and just play this more and they get more money. I don't understand. Doug is now part of the 1%. He's gotten rich. You heard it here. I am playing with a very small amount of money. And I just imagine people that have portfolios that are. $20,000 isn't that small amount. How dare you? Don't be modest. How dare you think I could even remotely. $20,000 is not that little. How dare you think I could even convince Jill to let me do that? (laughs) Although, to be honest, I was really nervous. I was like, I really wanted to try this out. I'm like, Jill's probably not going to let me do this. But I was like, hey, would you be cool if I took a small amount? And she goes, yes do something with it because it's just sitting there and I don't know what to do with it. Please do it. She goes, I trust you. I know you'll do your research. You're not an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. And so now the pressure's off. <laughs> not really. I mean, I've been very honest with her. Like I, yeah. I've, I sent her my wins, but I have also been like, I ate shit today. <laughs> like, 
Could you, know? you let me ask you this from a practical Doug standpoint? Could you pivot to doing this full time? Could you make a career out of this? Here's the thing. I get a lot of help right now. I do a lot of research. I am on forums and discords where masters are at work. And you add on top of that, there's still an element of chance with this that you can't fully predict. You can anticipate a lot of things, and I am learning a lot. I'm not going to lie. If I had a portfolio of like $150,000 and I've made the returns that I've made right now, yeah. I mean, we had uh, the guy Daniel on uh, a few episodes back who was like the day trader who is a friend of Slotty's who used to work in the car dealership and became a day trader I'm like how the hell do you do that I get it now like I totally understand how and why people do this the people that I'm like sort of like learning from 100% this is what they do every day they do nothing else yeah and they have they're trading futures which is insanely risky but high reward there's guys that do crypto that is, you know, again, a whole world I haven't even begun to understand, but I fucking get it. If you have a significant, significantly large portfolio and you trade it smartly, you just, you make returns, you pull some out to pay your bills and you keep going. Like it's, yeah. I, I mean, when I hear people, you hear people like, oh yeah, man, I make 10 grand a month. I'm like, bullshit. I can see how that's possible. 100%. I could see how that's possible if you play the stocks right. And it's yeah. not just it's not just oh I'm going to buy Tesla at 800 and sell it at, at 1000. No, it's options trading where you're betting on whether the price is going to go up or down and you minimize your losses and your your profits are exponential depending on how right you are within a certain time frame. It's absolutely crazy. And I have personally seen it in action and I'm like god damn and again I am trading such piddly amounts minute in in uh you know minute amounts in comparison to everything else when you go to buy or sell your calls and your puts which is basically you're betting whether or not you think the price is going to go up or whether it's going to go down the base amount of contracts you can buy is 10 typically speaking if you buy 10 and the average price for a contract is three. That is uh, $3,000. All right. That's the default setting. I go, I'll buy one, please. <laughs> one, two, maybe. If the price is lower, I'll buy three, maybe four. But the idea that people are probably trading at 20 contracts. Right. 30 contracts, some of them doing 100 contracts so they can, I'll, I'll take out 20% at this rate and then another 20% here and I will, I, I'm like, I'll buy one. <laughs> one, please. <laughs> I say this to that. This is the reason people have jobs as brokers and hedge yes. fund managers and things like that because people like me see the benefit in something like this, but I have zero interest in learning the ins and outs anywhere near enough to do even what you're doing. Like there is absolutely not like it is. So when you describe to me, cause every once in a while, Doug, Doug will, will message me and be like, all right, so here's how today is breaking down and kind of give me his wins and losses and like where, what he's looking and what he's learned that day. And I'm like, dude, this is so beyond, <laughs> there's so much that goes into this. 
it makes my head it gives me anxiety when when you are explaining it to me and i'm just like i i can't i, can't. I the reason that people have jobs is because i will not do this well that's the thing too is like i in my undergrad i learned the fundamentals of this i learned what stock was i learned what options were i, I learned what calls and puts were i did a portfolio investment class i was not great at it but i understand the concepts Seeing it in practice is an entirely different animal and beast where I'm like, oh, and, and I'm trying to learn. And, dude, it is like reading a different language. Like, oh, it's sure. trying to understand. Again, I just little by little, I'm <laughs> I'm making mistakes. I'm like, good lesson to learn. Again, I'm not betting the farm on this. I'm not dumping yeah. it all in there. Um, it's definitely fucking exciting to make a bet. I shouldn't say it kind of is making a bet more or less, you know, it you're, is. like, you're, let's call it what it is. You're it's taking it. Like, Wolf said it's high class gambling. That's what this is. You're buying a position, Justin. And when sure. you buy your position and you see that position doing extremely well, dude, my heart rate. You know, I'm sitting there going like, fuck, I got a meeting in 10 minutes, dude. I, I got to I got to keep like I have all my monitors working and I'm like, all right, yeah. what's going on here? How's it going right now? Because I need to see what's going on to sell or buy or do things like that it's it's intense it's Dude, really intense you're playing uh, roulette you're buying a position on the you're buying exactly. you know red five so yeah. there's it's, it's gambling it's what it is you're yeah. gambling you don't like gambling you do no i really don't because gambling is truly chance except for like things like poker this this you're a fool to think otherwise here's the thing though this is you're sounding like an addict who's uh, justifying his gambling addiction. here's the thing justin I've got a sure thing going, okay? <laughs> I, I love it. I got a sure well, thing going, all right? You got to listen. I got to no, listen. I gotta, I gotta, listen, I've got I've got man. I've got I've got a system, okay? Uh, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. I have a lot of input from people that know what they're doing and I I'm, yeah. I'm I'm quietly observing, seeing what they're doing and I still can't figure out how to read a chart super actively, but the idea of there's a lot of different philosophies. The philosophy here is following the trends and a lot of things are cyclical. And if you play it right and you're looking at the right stocks and you can kind of check them with their indices and things like that, you can see trends and you can anticipate they can still go tits up, but it's sure. better than being like, let's throw it in roulette. You know what I mean? You can also sit at a table and count cards, Doug. You could. Absolutely. I would liken this more to poker because okay. poker takes some skill. Jack. Blackjack, uh, I don't. I've never understood like skill with blackjack. I felt like it all comes in counting the cards. Okay, there you go. So I mean, it's it's knowing on average if this is showing and these things have been already been played. It's, it's, it's doing all stats. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing, right? You're you're doing you're playing you're making the best thing based on this. Wolf on the next episode of Mind Gap Podcast. We hold an intervention for Doug and his gambling problem. <laughs> well, this has been a fun ass practical, Doug. Thanks. Okay. I'm telling you, ask Practical Doug. Uh, practical Doug really showed himself today. Sure did. Sure On that did. note, let's go from something practical to something murdery. Yes. Welcome to the Throwdown. Fun fact Robert Ballmeyer's in the chat right now. Wrote that theme song. That is Robert Ballmeyer's theme song with uh, um, Mr. Tex. Uh, Mr. Tex's voice, uh, silky smooth voice over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does the council have for us today? This week's throwdown is... Oh, my. Darkwing Duck versus Inspector Gadget. 
I like this. I know very little about both. I I I remember watching Inspector Gadget growing up. I was aware of Darkwing Duck, but I never watched it, so this should be fun. I watched Darkwing Duck and I also I think I had the video game on Game Gear. That makes sense. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it was fun. Uh, let's see here. So yeah. I, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> Spectre Gadget's kind of a moron. And his niece, Penny, does all the heavy lifting. So that yes, should be interesting. and the dog. <clears throat> He's the stupider dog. than the dog. <laughs> so funny. I'm watching the chat again. It's like, I thought we had changed it. So apparently we didn't get, oh, whatever. We're doing it, guys. So <laughs> the Spectre Gadget theme lives rent free in my head. Absolutely. So uh, I'll take Inspector Gadget if that's cool. Yeah, man. Rock and roll. All right. Here we go. So uh, world's first cyborg. Uh, he works for the police. All right. Congratulations. That's a, a fun thing to hold. Fun title to hold. Uh, powers and abilities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he really good at martial arts? Tune force. Oh, God. He's got tune force. That's a huge advantage. Oh, no. oh boy. All right. And he, of course, everyone's favorite power and ability, body control. You know, yeah, of course, yes. super important. Attack he can hold in his farts. <laughs> he can go, hold go, in his poop. No, I have body control. I would never let that loose. Uh, at least small building level attack potency equal to those who can hurt him. He completely disintegrated a pile of a big pile of rocks with his finger laser. All right, good to know. Uh, superhuman speed with gadget mobile. Uh, lifting strength is unknown. Durability. Um, uh, survive explosion of dynamite survive falling at great heights yada 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 stamina unknown range standard melee although he can extend his arms for a longer range attack so instead of a 5 foot attack range he gets plus 10 10 feet you know he's, it's like sure. a glaive uh, standard equipment uh, da, 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 da. weakness is lax intelligence I think that is a huge disadvantage for this guy so mm -hmm. uh, you know <laughs> now it goes guess who also has tune force exactly right so there's that, Justin. I don't know. All, all together, I, I've never been impressed with Inspector Gadget, so he's already yeah, low on my list. So tell us well, what and we also, got. When they say body control, he always calls on the wrong gadget. That's right? kind of his shtick, right? Like, yeah, he always messes it up. He doesn't not seem to have good body control. Yeah. So Darkwing Duck, he's a tier nine B, but likely an eight C. <laughs> and that's it. Obviously, that's all you need to know from him. Obviously. Uh, let's see. Um. Oh, he also has Tune Force, so that's he interesting. He does, yes. So he's got superhuman physical characteristics, weapon mastery, martial arts, Tune Force, stealth mastery, regeneration, which is interesting. It's mid to high. Mid to high regeneration. Cloth manipulation. Ah, yes. Interesting. Um, mag magnet manipulation, really? And Ma smoke yeah. manipulation with the gasket sn sleep. Ma Wait a second. I don't remember Darkwing Duck being like straight up magic. <laughs> being like super creepy. <laughs> I like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's got this is this is Cosby level powers. Sleep manipulation, memory manipulation. Cosby I don't like level. this. Powers and abilities, Cosby level. Pack <laughs> <laughs> <Attack> potency. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, wall level. Uh, By the way, Tint made a good point here. One one power is is greatly missing here, which is body control. So I'm just saying, you know, for, 
Yeah, uh, you, you got me there. Uh, I don't, he, again, he's supersonic plus, capable of dodging multiple bullets at once from close range. Superhuman lift strength, wall class. I honestly thought, and I'm apparently, I am not as studied on Darkwing Duck as I thought. I literally thought he was just a duck version of Batman. I kind of, that's what I thought too. I, yeah. But he's got Toon Force, which also got, so does Inspector Gadget, so that's probably yeah. a good thing. But he's got a bunch of equipment, his intelligence, he's an expert detective, strategist, and martial artist, majored in chemical engineering, molecular biology, and is still skilled in stealth. I feel like this is just, this seems very lopsided. Yeah, I mean, his intelligence alone is going to put him at a huge advantage over Inspector Gadget. His weaknesses yeah. are he is arrogant and egotistical, but I think that's actually going to be to his advantage <laughs> against Inspector Gadget. Like, high stamina, his striking strength is unbelievable, whereas Inspector Gadget's his striking strength is small building class. Darkwing Duck is wall class building I guess they're about the same, but he has gadgets. He has uh, a ton of manipulation. Inspector Gadget, I feel like... I mean, Gadget has gadgets but at the same time he's piss poor at calling on them yeah like he just and that's been a step again that's his thing that's why he's entertaining to watch because he's so bad at his gadgets roberts uh, balmar says if he had magnet control then inspector gadget is in trouble no right Ooh, you know what because he's i mean fucking full of metal yeah <laughs> full of <laughs> metal um I really feel like this is just a, a, a open and closed case. You got you got stealth. He's he's skilled with stealth. So even if yeah. you know it was, I would find he would be like Batman. He'd find a way to you know, you know, d disguise himself in the darkness or whatever. He would. The Spectre Gadget wouldn't know what the fuck to do in a throwdown. Well, he's got smoke manipulation with a gas gun and stealth. You pair yeah. those two together, you're not seeing this motherfucker coming. No. And again, that magnetism manipulation. That's 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 it, man. Yeah. No, that's Darkwing, it. Darkwing Duck puts him down, hands down. That's it, game over, knockout. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. We're going Darkwing Duck. For the that was fun. That was a good one. Ooh. That was enjoyable to dive into both look of those out. characters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, look the fuck out. Yes. Yes. Well, that was that was a doozy of an episode. That was so much fun. We covered a lot of yep. ground. We talked about a lot of different stuff. Very enjoyable. Um, uh, before we get to recommendations, I do also, I want to talk about this. Justin and I are mm, doing a yeah. guest spot oh, that's right on a very, well, first of all, we did a guest spot on Sydney Davis Jr. Jr.'s podcast. Uh, I swear this really happened, uh, which was really exciting. We got to tell some stories about our lives, which were really, really fun. That should be coming out in February. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. That'd be really cool. We're also doing a guest spot on uh, Almighty Crits podcast, which I'm not gonna lie, the the name of it is is failing me right now. I think it's the Fumbling Four. Yeah, is it Almighty Crit and the Fumbling Four? Almighty Crit and the Fumbling Four and the Fumbling Four. It's a Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. Um, it's a D and D podcast. And Justin and I are guest appearing as some non-player characters or NPCs, and we're super excited about it. Yes. So uh, we're doing we're that this weekend. Our, building out our backstories, trying out voices, trying to figure out what works. It's gonna yes. 
gonna be a good time and uh i'm super pumped uh this is gonna be justin's first time doing real D. &D. yeah look, and i'd be lying if i said i was not beyond fucking terrified i'm very nervous going into this but you know what grip it and rip it that's right um and it's gonna be i told crit we're gonna be focused on the role-playing aspects i don't want justin to worry too much about combat but we we have some great backstories for our characters even though i realized part of my character's backstory involves he likes to fight which yeah. is so dumb on my part but yeah, yeah. So we're super excited. That's going to be going on uh, th this weekend. I'm not sure when the episode will drop, but obviously stay tuned. We'll promote it when it comes out. So <laughs> Bob goes, just bring your fart sounds. You'll be good. <laughs> That's right. My, my, my character likes to fight, but he also has uh, chronic gas. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a good group. You'll love them. I know. They'll be supportive. We'll have a good time. I'm super excited for it. So a uh, couple of plugs there for some other stuff that we're doing. We're also going to be doing an episode soon with uh, another podcast. It's it's getting postponed till probably March, but I'm really looking forward to to doing some more. So we're guesting on some other stuff. We're put, we're getting ourselves out there, you know. We're we're, we're networking. Like we're networking. Podcast. We're reading with some really cool people. People. Yeah. <laughs> Justin's character's name's Farton Larry. <laughs> oh, did you read the document? How I say? dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Hey everybody, I'm I'm Larry. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. And uh, cool. So, uh, Justin, what do you have to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend uh, I've got I had to I had to stop it a few minutes early, but I've seen most of the movie. Um, nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Oh, cool. It's uh, it's what I call the uh, it's the it's the fun romp. John Wick. Uh, nice. It's uh, it's it's Bob Odenkirk's take on a. A Wikian character, if you will. Um, <laughs> Is that from Wikipedia or something? <laughs> <laughs> when they study this in literature class, it'll be the Wikian era. Um, yeah, I uh, like it's. It is gratuitous violence uh, at its most gratuitous, and Odenkirk uh, is a fucking badass in this movie. I, I'm here for it. I. Uh, I'm not always a huge fan of like a shitload of violence, but I was in the right headspace today. Yeah. After work, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is happening. And yes, Christopher Lloyd is in the movie. No as shit. As is RZA. I'm. I think. Yeah. Hold on. I just got to make sure real quick. Yeah, because um, I swear to God, if we release this and you're wrong, Justin. Yes, RZA is in it. Yeah. Thank God. And uh, and and Connie Nielsen, you know, who I not quite sure who she is, but yeah, uh, some wonderful people and. Uh, Dude, it's a it's a fucking fun movie. So I would say if you are, if you can stomach gratuitous violence and you're into that John Wick realm of film, this is a fun watch. Nice. What do you got? You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a lot to recommend this week. Uh, I'm still thinking about the last duel, which I think is a good okay. sign. Like I just, I've watched it twice. I really enjoyed it. Um, I pitched it to Jill. I think Jill would enjoy it. Cool. Um, so I guess I'm going to stick with that. I've been, like I said, I haven't been exploring a lot of new stuff lately. Uh, I've just been sort of, I've been in the, I get in this, I don't know if you guys get in the mood where I'm just like, I want to watch something I've seen before. Yeah. That's absolutely. just like really just, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I need to see something that I've seen before that, I don't know, it's just going to, it's going to scratch some sort of itch. So I've just I been. I went through a tear just before Christmas uh, where I rewatched a ton of Marvel movies. Yeah. And it was just fun because I was like, I have no expectation here because I know what I'm getting. Yeah, I, I think I, I've kind of in the mood where I want to revisit some old stuff again to kind of see if it holds up. 
you know? Oh, I also watched a, a fun little tidbit. I watched uh, the Hobbit movies with, with Natalie, and Natalie fucking loved them. So, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, just getting her involved with some of this fantasy stuff. She thought it was great. So, and we just started Lord of the Rings with her, which was really cool. Oh, so, we'll see. Well, my favorite part was after we watched all of the Hobbit movies and we're watching Fellowship of the Ring and Gandalf's coming, riding his wagon into uh, into the Shire for the first time and you hear him singing. I pause and I go, Natalie, who is that? She goes, it's Gandalf. I was like, yes, you remembered his name. That's so I cool. Heard him. And uh, at one point when Gandalf grabs the moth and whispers into it and sends it off when he's trapped in Isengard, I go, Natalie, do you know what he's doing? She's like, he's calling the eagle. So I'm like, God damn right he is. That's my girl. Look at Natalie. God damn it, girl. She remembers. So we're having we're having a really good time with it. Natalie loves dragons. So I was like, yeah. I wonder. My back's been bothering me. So I've been like laying down and icing it and stuff like that. And I'm just watching movies. And she came up. I'm like, do you want to watch a movie while I ice my back? She's like, sure. I'm like, let's watch The Hobbit. It's got a dragon. She's like, okay. <laughs> She was yes. totally into it, which was really, really cool. What was there was another movie you just said that she was she asked to watch or was oh the Eternals? Oh, it was that or something else. Anyway, she's in a very fun phase for movies right now because yeah. she's now really starting to kind of like question and get into some of the nerdy shit. She asks so many questions, and I answer yeah. so many of the same questions to the point where I'm like, I literally just answered that question too. She's like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, but yeah, I, I love I'm probably pushing movies that she should or shouldn't watch yet. But I'm like, I always tell her, I say, Hey, if you get scared, you let me know. We'll skip past it. Yeah. And we'll be good. And and there's been some times where she's like, dad, I kind of want to skip this, but I also want to see what happens. I was like, way to be brave. And I go, and if I can, I say, Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you they're going to be okay. Does that help? She goes, yes. I'm like, cool. We're good to cool. go. Yeah. So that the way it kind of puts her, it's kind of like if you see an animal in trouble in a movie, and my mom would be like, "Is the animal gonna die? You need to tell me right now, or I'm not gonna watch right. it." I'm like, it's gonna live. She's like, "Okay, I can, I can breathe easy now." So, right, right. <laughs> um, the uh, have you watched The Hills Have Eyes with her yet? Uh, actually, that's Valentine's Day, right before oh, her birthday. We're gonna sit down and watch that. It's like, check out this family romp. Yeah, because this is that's what we're gonna do. Like- you, me, and mom, and, and Loki, we're going on a, a road trip to the desert. Going on a hike. <laughs> going on a hike. <laughs> <laughs> Show her the Chinese version yeah. of Fight Club. <laughs> and everything is fine in the end. Yes, everything is fine because the government says so. Because the government says so. Yeah. Well, this was a great show this week. Had yeah. so much fun. If you guys are having as much fun as we are, please check us out on all our social medias. Give us a like. Give us a follow at MindGap Podcast. Most importantly, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. If you'd be so kind, if you truly like us and you like what we do, hit subscribe. We post a lot of content. I try not to annoy all you guys. I try to, on the shorts, I try to turn off the notifications because we're posting a lot of them. I don't want you guys to be like, turn them on. You're like, Jesus Christ. People have subscribed and they, that's on them. Listen, they can turn it off. Listen, I've seen us get subscribers and then they disappear after we post a lot of shit. I'm like, I'm trying to not burn you. I'm going to, I am going to go back in and turn all of those off. You don't know which ones I've turned off, which ones I have. I don't understand how any of it works. But anyway, please follow us. Uh, we we it means the world to us. And, and if if you like something that we've done, please share it with the world. Uh, we're looking. Twenty twenty two is our aggressive year of exposure. We really want to get our stuff out there. We wanna we wanna hit that YouTube partnership. And we're gonna uh, we, aggressively expose expose ourselves to you exactly so, okay. in a way that is best for the family. So please 
uh, share our stuff around. And don't forget that we do stream live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central for the podcast and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central for the video game podcast. And FYI, our schedules may change, so please check us out on our social medias for any updates on that. And, um, you know, we appreciate all of your support. And for our Patreon subscribers, again, to uh, the lovely folks, to Wolf's Lore, Richie Armour, Zenny, Slotty Bartfast, and Almighty Crit, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you. And please don't forget to follow Justin online as well. On Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it while you're in that online realm. Besides YouTube, you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the places where you can find quality podcasts and consume them you can consume us as well uh while you're on there share us around like subscribe rate review all those good things big one for us is sharing wherever you are subscribe and share just let people know that we exist that goes such a long way you cannot describe how long of a way that actually goes when you share something of ours so please share around um Anything you like, dealer's choice, you choose. And then 2East8th.com slash MindGap, and then just keep an eye on all of 2East8th's social stuff. I will. I do have a quick update on the release of The Life and Debt of a Liberal Arts Major. We're pushing it back one week because we just got the, the, the teaser trailer promo sizzle thing done. So we're going to release that. We're going to push it for two weeks, and then February 8th is the release for that. So Exciting. Yes, be on the lookout. Uh, we should be releasing the trailer, if not already, soon. And then February 8th, you can join us online for uh, a premiere of The Life and Debt of our liberal arts major. I can't wait, man. It's going to be so cool. And which Robert uh, Ballmeyer did the score for. Goddamn right and he Noel did. And did some uh, visual effects for. Goddamn right. It's a fucking community, man. I, I Seriously, I love you all for listening, for watching. Thank you so much for all of your support. And it's seriously... I've never been having as much fun as I am right now just making stuff, making content, and and doing stuff with you all. So thank you all so much uh, for all of your support. It means the world to me. It means the world to Justin. I'm going to speak on his behalf because as his power of attorney in this situation and having the ability to pull the plug if he were to go brain dead, I'm going to say that he is also enjoying this too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm showing some signs of being fucking wet. And on that note, I want to say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Chat, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.